Welcome to the Big Truths of Small Business. Your host, Joe Watkins, here with Travis Castle. We decided just to go straight into the show today. You sound like money. <laughs> Listen, so we're going to go right in, and this is what we're talking about today. It's been on our mind recently. How do you determine who is capable of giving good advice? And that may sound like a boring topic uh, on the onset, but if you really break this down, Travis, I think where we've been with this is, is everybody on TikTok is selling you that they're the expert. Everybody on Twitter or Facebook, your, your potential access to, to advice givers is, is at an all-time high. And I, mean, I will literally get, you know, a converse, have a conversation with uh, my wife or with my kid or with you or with anybody, and, and they're backing to the advice or what they just learned was, oh, yeah, I saw this guy on Facebook or on Twitter. And so we felt it necessary to actually determine. How do you actually determine who can give good advice? That's right. Well, we know the phone's listening too, right? So when when we have conversations, this has happened with you, and I wish I could remember the last time this happened. It was very recently. We we had a phone conversation. I go to Facebook later that evening. Everybody's had this experience at this point. And there's all kind of content around the phone conversation we had. Yeah. So to me, what's the most interesting part of social media is how if you listen to this quote unquote influencer who is the business guy, let's say, you know, one of our guys is Gary V. You and I both, we like Gary V stuff. A lot of what he says is just, it's true. It's he, he's appealing to a very wide audience of people. He's kind of a unique guy in that world, but you take another guy who's maybe more of a, uh, a category guy, you know, he's the, he's the restaurant business guy. He's not a Gary V. He's not everything to everybody. And you start thinking about, Hey, maybe I want to open a restaurant and you fall, you fall across his stuff. His opinion can be completely different than a Gary V. Yeah, it can. And so you sit here and go, wait a minute, two successful guys. I think both of them are trying to be genuine in their message, but they're actually two different paths that they're preaching. Right. So that's part of the, the issue we're talking about today. Yeah. So we're going to talk about, uh, maybe some cautions, around you know how you may have chosen some advisors we'll call them advisors in the past and and hopefully by the end of this give some actual nuggets on how you actually go about picking uh, the right type of advisor for or for what you're trying to to, to learn about or, or make a decision on because this is a lot about making decisions right yes. yep <clears throat> yeah so so you know who you have in your ear a lot of times is going to dictate the results, it's going to dictate the path. And so I think that, uh, I think today's time well spent. So I, we didn't talk about this, this part of it, but personalize this for me in your life, who has been, and if I may humbly excuse myself here, let's, let's excuse me. Cause I feel like I'm the answer to this question <laughs> for you, certainly, but other than me, Who's been in your ear the most? Who's been the most influential person that you've went to to make decisions off? Or is there one? Are and you, you said other than you? Well, well other than me. I mean, you you have been my most influential in the last uh, 12 months. 12 months? I've known you for 10 years. Right. How, how is that possible? <laughs> Maybe my most possible. influential in the last 24 months All if right. you want an extra year attack added to that. No, but I, as, well, as, as I see you move through situations, I... You are like, uh, all right, so we both have watched Pawn Stars. And that's the name of it, right? Pawn Stars? 
I did. Is, that got, a, is that a porn show you're no, bringing up no, on no. the show? No, no, no. Okay. I think it's Pawn Stars. Oh, Pawn Stars. It's got, okay. the, it's got the ball-headed dude. You, yeah. got, you got the family. Yeah. The old man used to be on the show. And on that show, you're you're kind of like this guy. You're the you're, you're the best at this. So somehow bring in this old Civil War relic, and he'll start looking at it. He'll be, yeah, yeah, it could be a fall. You know, I don't know, a lot of fakes out there. I'm going to call my buddy, and of course it's already staged. You know, the, the world's leading expert comes in and looks at the right. Civil War relic and tells you whether it's fake or not. And everything is based off of what that guy says. Yeah. You're good at doing it. You got a lot of guys like that. I right? do. And, and, and that would bring, I think, part of answering this question around how do we pick advisors, I think we also have to pick apart who we are a little bit, right? Because we all have our own biases built in. So as we choose, those biases will, 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 will be included in those decisions. And so as I think about me, and you sort of bring that up, how I how I generally go about making a difficult decision is looking for what I deem to be experts in, in matters and then challenging those experts, putting them on on on, a, on some type of notice in my uh, you call it a uh, was an attorney do cross examination you call it a cross examination I cross examine the experts. To 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 because a lot of a lot of the advice is always I wouldn't call it waffling, but nobody wants to stand on something. The TikTok guys do, and that's how they make their living. That's why I'm real careful to listen. But when you go to the real friend or the real the real financial advisor, the real somebody you know, and you go, okay, I need you to tell me what to do. Well, what you get is a bit of a well. Well, we can't guarantee outcomes here. Let me, let me, you know, based on, you know, scenarios like yours, I've done this in the past and, and, and I go in a cross-examining way. Whoa, okay. You're not telling me much. So I, I want, what do you have? Okay. Me and you are alike in this man. What do you have your money in right now and why right. defend it? Right. And then, so I try to strip back to get the people I would deem to be at least uh, living in the area of that expertise to articulate and be cross-examined as to where are they actually at, not what they can sell based on that makes them the most money or not even what they recently read, but, but how do you strip it back? And I feel like I, I, the more I can strip back the rawness of where their information is actually come from and how they believe it, then I can start to believe what they're telling me. Then that starts to formulate how I might make a decision. Does that make sense? Makes a lot of sense. As you're saying that, there's a few guys in your world that come to mind that I've caught you in asking you about, because you and I obviously we lean on each other for all kinds of different decisions. But as you're making decisions and, I, and, and you start telling me, yeah, I called uh, one of your guys is Mark Britton. Yeah. All right. So one of your guys here in town. And He's Mark, an attorney. Mark Britton's an attorney. And, been and on the show. Been on the show. That, and, and so this is a business show. So any, anybody listening here, if you don't have a version of a Mark Britton, which is – you know, Mark's also a business guy, right? I mean, most a lot of attorneys are. He's a was a real estate attorney. It's how you got to know him, right? He's got into other things, but his breadth of experience is available to Joe with a phone call, and, and and so kind of as a principle here. Of course, that didn't happen overnight, right? So this is backing up a little bit, but 
the you know we've done shows on this. I don't know if the show was entitled the Board of Directors. It probably should be. I, we haven't done a show on that, by the way. We haven't done. We've a show brought on that. We've the board directors it. in we quite a bit. Yeah, this yeah, yeah, all yeah. the time. Yeah. Well, of course. There, well, there we go. Right. We need to do that. But you know, unpaid board of directors. But you know, sometimes paid. Like Mark is sometimes paid, but he's not fully. Uh, you know. Uh, on some retainer here, uh, I guess. I don't know. Maybe he is for mm. you. You you might need him on retainer, but but yeah. So you you have this version of people you've built in your life through. Uh, and by the way, you're on his board of directors too. I think that's something we haven't talked about a whole lot. Which is your board of directors oftentimes are people uh, that you're serving in some other area, right? You're you're a phone call away from him on a real estate deal or on a business question that he can't get to. Um, but anyway, so a long way to get around that you have built this group. And I guess for this show, since we haven't done a show on it, you know, the, the, you do t- tell me a little synopsis of when we say board of directors, what that means to you. Yeah, that's what I, I, so I put down here is number one, point number one, tap into your board of directors. So I think that does mean we need to qualify what that means. So, you, you, you know, your board of directors, I'm going to use that in terms of your life because that's what we're talking about right now. Your board of directors in your life are the people who consistently over long periods of time have demonstrated that they have your best interest at heart and they would have specific knowledge and skill sets in various areas. Mark being one of those, he's he's an attorney. He's got... Um, you know, lots of advice on, on real estate litigation and contracts and, and all types of things. And, uh, but he, I also know he has my best interest at heart. Um, and how do I know that? Well, it takes transactions. It takes, it takes experiences. It takes also me giving him my best interest at heart to him. Right. And that's, what's going to create that trust relationship. So it's guys like that. It's, uh, it's those trusted people that have have not sold you that they're trusted. They've actually demonstrated it. I like uh, that a lot. Yeah, I like that a lot. So this is something that's earned over years of experience. So what would be your advice? And I and I want to make I don't want to make this the board of directors show, but right. I think it's important because we're talking about you know how how, how to know here. So. What made Mark, because you've had a lot of experience with a lot of different attorneys. Take me back in a little bit. Let's just circle him for a minute. How did he end up there versus the other dozen attorneys you had worked with? Okay. Well, there, there's a, there was a moment in time, and there was there were several things that, that occurred, but where it, where it began, it was on uh, some real estate transactions that we, that we were doing uh, 10 or 12 years ago when I first got into the house flipping business. And my lender was telling me, hey, I think you need to use a new attorney because this attorney that you're using is, is a one-man band. They're, they're up on Northside Town. Uh, they're not in the office all the time. The coordination's difficult to get these deals done. You want to do them quickly. How about we, we talk to an attorney that's local, that's, that's here in the building, in fact, a three-story building. I said, I, I'm willing to do that. So I, 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 and we already had some real estate deals teed up. To, to close, we just we needed an attorney to get it with. I say teed up. They were they were under contract right. to sell to investors, and it was uh, twenty two townhomes. So we went up to Mark Britton's office, met him, shook his hand, told him about the transactions. He had reserve and pause in the entire conversation. It wasn't oh yeah yeah g- give me your real estate deals. Let's get these things on the books. We can get those done for you. Okay. No, 
It was question. Well, tell me a little bit more about that. I want to understand how, how you got those buyers. Walk me through the process. Help me understand why these people would want to own these houses. How are you ensuring this is actually a, a, a decent deal? I mean, all those things were happening, right? So, so Mark demonstrated early and often. He was an, he, he was actually an expert at what you're asking him. That's what he's communicating to you. He's 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 not needy. Like if you he's walk, not just trying to get the sale. Yeah, yeah. If you walked out the door, it's not really going to alter his life here. No, and that went on to so that after that. Um, I don't remember if it was in that conversation or the next one where he decided he was going to do the business with us, but he said, this 22 houses, most of these guys are in California. I tell you what we're going to do. We're going to, we're going to fly out there and we're going to do these closings in person. I want to shake these people's hands to make sure they're real buyers. It's unique. And, and our, so he set the stage for, okay, he's not going to sell his integrity. I'm going to write that down. I like that. Yeah. You know, your advisors sh need to not sell their integrity. And there should be no version of, of their sales pitch or their conversation with you where you feel like that they can move the needle one way or the other based on your response in terms of their integrity. I like that. I like Not that. willing to sell their integrity. Yeah. So that'd be the first, first thing I would say. Mm. If I'm going to pick an advisor. And, and, and what I love about the show here, guys, by the way, is these things, a lot. we've got some, some things we've discussed ahead of time and written down, but then we, things get born on the show. That's right. And uh, I've, never, I've never said that out loud, not willing to sell their integrity. And that's how he earned early with me that I could trust him. Um, I, I don't mean I gave 100% carte blanche trust, right. but he opened the gate with, with, not something being sold, but 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 something demonstrating that he is trying to protect me, him, and the buyer. Right. He wanted to win, win, win. So this is to me as entrepreneurs, uh, you know, in general, as the people I think listening to our show, we're bringing a lot of enthusiasm into the room around something we're trying to accomplish. In in fact, I think we all can be a little guilty of maybe steamrolling conversations a little bit in order to get to the, you know, we, we talked about it, you know, it'll remain nameless, but, you know, earlier today there was kind of a deal that popped up and, and, and you were discussing how shocked you were that you weren't brought into the deal much earlier in the transaction, right? It, it, it was kind of a, here you are an expert in the situation hmm. uh, with somebody you've known for years who didn't tap in into that with you. And the reason they didn't do it was because, you know, there were some pretty obvious red flags that they knew you were going to call out. Mm. They, they were looking for an outcome, hope, right? I mean, it's hope, right? So, so in, in this scenario you're discussing with Mark, what Mark didn't buy into was Joe's hope mm. that all this was just going to work out. All you got to do is this, Mark. He he sort of pushed back here a little bit. So, oh, wait a minute, slow down, Joe. Whoa, whoa, this is okay. This is a great point. So, th th this actually gets to our our, our topic today. <laughs> Before you can ever begin to decide who you can ask to be a trusted advisor, you first has to ask. You first have to ask yourself and acknowledge to yourself: Am I actually looking for the truth, or am I looking for someone to validate what I want to be the truth? So true. Right. So true. And I think. I think if we 
would pause and ask that question to ourselves silently here. Most of the time out of the gate, we want somebody to really confirm what we want to be true. All right, so we got to sit on that for a minute because I, I think this is the birthplace of either good or bad decisions around choosing an, an, an advisor. And therefore, we're, talk, we're, we're talking about directional decisions that this advisor is helping you in. I mean, how many times has a married couple been in distress, right? And one of the, one of the parties here chooses a freshly divorced friend to ask for counsel, right? With, with the idea that this person is going to, is going to, you know, look into my life and be, and begin to give counsel. But what, what they're really saying is they're going to begin to give counsel around a decision that maybe I've already made. They're, they're going to, they're going to affirm the fact that I'm ready to end this relationship. Right. Yeah, that, that is, uh, so in in the world, I'm I'm doing business consulting and coaching. I don't know if we talked about that on the show, but that's that's something I've been doing lately. And 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 what I find to be true often in the early conversations of someone that I'm consulting is they actually are looking for a confirmation partner. They want me to confirm what they believe to be true. Absolutely. Uh, <laughs> they've picked the wrong guy. <laughs> the, the, they, they've picked the wrong guy, and the difficulty I, I, I believe I, I'm going to face in, in bringing on new clients is I'm not going to give people what they want to hear, not even in the sales process. And that is, is detrimental to me in, in getting them in the door. Um, and maybe I, I should shift on this, but uh, I do want to demonstrate to them that's who I am. But I, but I have detected that that is what people naturally are looking for, even when they believe they want the advisor to tell them the truth. And so I have to first, so, so my first inclination is to pause, listen, and determine, are they crafting this around, uh, around that scenario? Or do they really want my unfiltered feedback? They're going to get my unfiltered feedback anyway, but, but can they receive it? So, so, so going back to the person who's looking for the advice, we talked about, are we looking for to confirm something we want to be true or, or what's really true? In the same token, um, are, you, are you crafting your advice receiving around that? And I think that would be a tactic we could say if we want to fast forward to the end of the show that you can use is be, be, be crafting your questions around actually gaining real truth which means you got to pause around some of those 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 questions well i mean this is the again we've talked about this a lot you and me i don't know how much we've it's the big truth of small business i mean it's the before you seek the advisor then kind of kind of the nugget here i think is you got to look in the mirror and you've got to decide am i actually looking for truth or am i looking for confirmation on a decision that i've already made correct right yeah so so having that conversation with yourself is important now look you in your world, I mean, you've got a pretty good track record among people of of giving the truth. I, I think I think the issue that comes with you is a lot of times a bunch of poor decisions have been made and people have got to the end of their of of their um, biases or of of you know that they've got to the end of it and now they have to have the truth. 
you know, I'm going bankrupt. I've, I've bought this property and I've spent on the market six months. Everybody around me has sold. This one hasn't sold. What do I do? Right. You end up catching it a lot of times in that, in that scenario. In the late phases. In the late phases. Right. So, yeah. So in in terms of thinking, and, and we're sort of talking to the person who's seeking out counsel here, seeking out the right people. So, so to me, part of that, the early part of that is have that conversation with yourself. Have you already made the decision? If, if you haven't made the decision, then I think you're sort of looking for that guy who has a track record, and, and you know who they are. This is not the guy that's telling you what you want to hear about everything, you know. I mean, George is going to win the game this weekend. The line is seven. George is going to win by 20. You're right. George is going to win by 20, right? The guy that agrees with all of that is probably, you know, he might be a good guy to drink some beers with. He's probably not who we're talking about. So I'm going to sum up all that in a little bit different way. Our question was, how do you determine who is capable of giving good advice? The first answer is, make sure you're capable of receiving good advice. Because it's never good advice if it's not what you want to hear and you're looking for that confirmation. Well, okay. Before we move off of that, something I've learned recently, the hard way. (laughs) Sleep on it. Mm, I, I, yeah. I, I, time. I, I'd say you need time's to your friend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So w- when you receive that advice, and it's the pushback advice, and you begin to think this is not the right advice giver, right? Because they didn't tell me what I want to hear, so they can't be right. I was wrong to open up to this guy or this this girl and ask them this. Whoa! Hit the pause button a little bit. Sleep on that. A lot of times how you feel about that conversation a week later is how that conversation actually went, not how you felt about it in the moment when you received the No, I love that one. Uh, You know, when you've had an argument with your wife, how you feel about it right after and what you might say right after, uh, none of that's going to be valuable. Don't make any decisions off that. No. So, So sleep on it. Then you start to go, well, you know, she... She did have a point. I probably, she did have a point. I, I erased that point in my emotional state, but she had a valid point. And so, yeah, any, anytime you get advice, uh, especially if it's major decision advice, sleep on it. Um, all right, well, I got, let's move on to another, Okay. another one that I would say, uh, maybe this is in, in the how to's a little bit, but, uh, I, my advice would be don't ask too many people. Oh, for sure. You, you you get four or five different opinions on the same topic. Whoo. Oh. And there are four or five opinions. And, and, and all of them, I have found in today's social media world that everybody's opinion is much more like harsh, much more strong, much more passionate than it ever was around things that... <laughs> They were really never much discussed even right. in the past. So four or five opinions is a problem. Well, um, you know, I was told one time by a, this guy was a really good speaker that told me this, a powerful speaker. And in private, I asked him about that, you know, about what's it like, you know. How, in fact, I asked him about listening to a public speaker and receiving that information as truth and doing something similar to what we're talking about, I think now. Right. And he told me, and this guy had been at that point probably 20 years in, he told me 
be careful with the confident guy that has the microphone. <laughs> Are you talking about us, Travis? <laughs> it could be us. Right now, you and I could fall in that category. But his point was, you can be, when somebody is just confident in their opinion, as we see a lot of these guys on, on uh, social media, I mean, they don't walk in and go, hey, you know, I kind of think, Joe, it could. No, they walk in and it is this way. And if you'll just do these three things, I promise you in 90 days and just click here, right? I mean, that's what we get. And you can choose which answer you want by what you're Googling or what you're listening to on social media. You get to choose your answer. I, I think that's Ooh. the deceit here. Wow. Uh, that, that's a great one. Um, we've talked about this in various manners, but... I've never thought about it in the way you just described it. Uh, and it is it is actually, okay, so why do they do that? Let's talk about why they do that on social media. Well, I think in short, they do it because it sells. It works. Right? Yeah. I mean, if 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 I, it's like the, the preacher that, that just hammers the gavel, no matter what he says, he, he believes it with all of his heart. He, he's going to do whatever it takes emotionally, physically, in the camera to, to express to you that he believes it, and it's true. It's more likely to get the click. Absolutely. Okay? And, and, and so I, I like the idea that be careful with these guys. We actually had a conversation earlier about, oh, I'm not going to give names, but about a big preacher Absolutely. Uh, in South Georgia. Absolutely that does that very well very well high level high level gets a lot of results from it it's the very thing that gives me pause That's exactly for what, what you just said yeah. it's like whoa wait a minute because the guys in in the spiritual world that i look to that that i really love spending time with are the guys who acknowledge eh, that that little subject matter it's not actually directly referenced in the bible here's some thoughts around where you know, if you read Paul, he believes it to mean this. And if you read Luke, it mean you know, he, he's he's slanted to mean this. As I've processed all this, I believe it it it's probably fits somewhere here, but it's not directly referenced. Well, the guy on the, the the guy we're discussing on the big stage is gonna take all that and then he's gonna say, By God, this is what it means. He, he is certain. He Absolutely is certain. certain. He, he is certain where guys who have studied it for 40 years have three different opinions on it. He looked at it for 10 minutes, <laughs> and he is certain about his position. So, so yeah. be cautious of advice givers who are unequivocally certain of their advice. <laughs> this is true. This is true. At, at the very minimum question, right? There's some questions that need to be. We we need to peel that onion back. A little okay, bit. so to replace be cautious, question. Question. Question advice givers who who are uh, unequivocal, 100% confident in their advice. Because if you actually get in a conversation with those people, and this is this is where I think this is where this boils down. When you get in a conversation with them, they're oftentimes their ability to discuss the gray areas that actually exist in these questions they they're, they're not capable of discussing the gray areas That's right because they've built their platform on harsh lines well so okay so here's a technique i want to pull the curtains back a little bit here um here, here here's a technique 
Look, in, in some way, shape, or form, I have been in commission sales since I was 26 years old. I'm 50. Um, and so I don't think what the general public understands is that these guys, um, I'm not to speak, we're not we're not just speaking about dirty pastors. We're talking about people selling you stuff. We're talking about, again, trying to trying to get to the truth is what we're we're talking about. How do you get to the truth of the matter? How do you get to the good advisor who's going to tell you the truth? And the truth, by the way, doesn't always sell. No, no, the truth doesn't sell, but there's techniques that these people use. Mm-hmm. And even if you know a guy and you think, well, tra- you know, look, Travis, this guy over here, he's he owns the local whatever, and I'm going to go to advice to him about business, and he's not going to use a technique on me. Well, it's almost subconscious. Like if, uh, if a, good, I, a good technique uh, is. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, if I'm doing a presentation and we're talking about a country, and Joe, you're – so those of you who don't know, Joe was the author of a lot of contracts that I sold at some point in my life, right? <laughs> and, so, and so there were some things that, um, not that they weren't defensible, but I a pretended lot, to be an attorney uh, on that. A, a lot of times there wasn't just enough time to go into some of this stuff, right? I, I know as a sales guy, if we get too bogged down in paragraph 32, you know. Raises uh, questions you don't want to answer. It's, it's just, can we just move on? Yeah. Right? So so what I, what I had to do is I had to become pretty good at deflecting and then moving the conversation back and moving the conversation forward. All right? So why do I say that? I say that because you, you take a guy who is advice giving. You know, you see him as an advisor, but he's picking up on the idea that he runs, uh, he's a financial planner and you might be a customer. You're asking him financial advice. Well, it makes sense. He goes to church with you. He's a financial planner. You've got a 401k of a half million dollars and you just lost your job. You need to roll it over. Of course you would talk to him. Well, he's got a dog in that fight. You got a dog in the fight. And so he's got techniques that in the course of that conversation, you need to be aware of. And one of those techniques I would call, for lack of a better term, is sort of what, to play off what you're saying, which is when you begin to ask questions, hey, Joe, where do you have your money? And he doesn't answer the question. Mm-hmm. He redirects, right? Right. In that world, we're going to redirect. He may have his money in the, uh, in the investment that doesn't pay a percentage to him. <laughs> Exactly right. Yeah. Because it's the right investment. It's the right. Come to find out, it doesn't have a huge commission for the sales guy in it, right? So, yeah, I think all that to say is to figure out what, you know, what dog do they have in the fight here, right? Yeah, I had that written down. Uh, what I and uh, understand their motivation. So, whoever you're seeking advice from, really understand their motivation. Okay, if you're seeking advice from, someone that has had a track record of making you feel small and them feel big, then when you go get advice from that person, you better filter it across that because that's what has the trend has been. If someone has something to sell you and you're, and you're not familiar, say, with the financial world, you're not, you're not sure how all the fee structures work, you're actually just wanting where do I put this $500,000 where I, I protect that investment and I'm looking for X, Y, Z and I'd like not to pay a bunch of fees. I don't have to. I mean, that's where, where we're at with it. You know, under, understand how they make their money. Uh, and, and in that world, for instance, um, the world has moved from, I'm going to charge uh, a, a fee for every transaction that's made to 
I'm going to charge a, a 1% management fee of the portfolio. And that was a great move from a sales perspective because now I feel like my financial advisor can move the money around into things that he deems to be important. He's not making any money on those transactional fees. Right. He's only making money on my portfolio. Right. So I mean, it's not a perfect solve to the solution, but right. it, it improved it. Right. right. It improved it. You, you know, something else comes to mind. It's a little, it's not, I, I sort of hate it when this happens to me. And this can happen in advice giving. And I would say that you want to stay away from the person that engages in this, okay? So I'll call this, let's let's call this, for lack of a better term, one-trick pony. <laughs> so there are a bunch of one-trick ponies out there. And what does that mean? It means no matter what I come to you with or who I am or my unique set of circumstances, you're always going to give the same advice. Oh, that's a great one. Okay. And so I call this the straw man argument or the, or the guy that creates the straw man. And what that means is this person is, is an expert in one area, really. Yeah. And they are an expert in that area. I'm not taking that away from this situation. And you're coming to them because they recognize as an expert. But no matter what happens in the conversation, no matter what your unique position is, they're going to create a scenario where they render the same advice every time. Yeah. And so, you know, this, red, this red is, flag. this is big. I, I've got some examples on this and this actually is going to, this is going to move the, the conversation to, to what I believe to be the, the absolute fundamental biggest nugget that people are going to walk away from today. Oh, I'm, I'm not going to say it yet, I'm, I'm pretty but this is going to move towards this. Okay. So what you just said is so big. So let's, let's give some examples on that. I'm going to do it in the medical world. Uh, you beat me to it. Yeah. So I'm feeling some, some, some pain uh, in my shoulder. Maybe some pinched nerve, some pain. And you know, I'm not very versed in the medical world, and I, I, I need to figure out why I'm feeling this pain. I need this pain to go away. So I go to Dr. Dr. A., Dr. A actually uh, lives in a world where he, he, his practice is actually, and you've been referred to him, his practice is, is the pain remedy practice. Okay, and they're out there. Oh, What do they do? Big time. I they prescribe pills. They do. They give injections too, by the way. Injections. Yeah. They go, oh, you got pain in your shoulder? We can solve that problem. Pow, here's your injection or pal, here's your prescription. And you go home and you go, oh, my God. oh yeah, this guy's great. Awesome. He's awesome. Yeah. And you go, well, problem solved. Yeah. Not really, potentially. Right. Uh, it could be that you had an inflammation in that one injection, de-inflamed, and it actually did. Okay, it could okay. be. All right, could I'll be. Pause, pause. He provided relief, not a solution. Right. Yeah. You have no you have no indication that it's a solution yet. That's right. Again, it could have been because it was actually minor and it was inflammation and inflammation's gone and it Maybe. never came back. Yeah, yeah. But you don't know that. So, certainly feels like a solution. Right feels now. like yeah. it. Well, it comes back. It comes back and it comes back with with with, with wild abandon. It's 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 throbbing harder. With, with prejudice. I've got now now it's on not not just the upper back, but the lower back is feeling it too. Yeah, yeah. You go, oh my gosh. And then your buddy tells you, listen. 
there's an orthopedic <laughs> surgeon that I had surgery on my shoulder two years ago, and it changed my life. Yeah, man, I, you need to go see him. I had the same problem you got, man. Yeah. I go to the orthopedic surgeon. What does he do? Yeah, I mean, you've got time for surgery. You've got some issues here where your tendons are, you know, out of out of whack and disconnected, and ligament here, and 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 the way that's going, we're going to get this really solved. We're going and we're going to schedule you out about ninety days out for a surgery, and we're going to fix this. A surgery, by the way, they cut your muscle to do his surgery and, and, in your tendons, and we're we're going to schedule it for nine a.m. because I got a ten thirty tea time. <laughs> well so his bias is I, i'm an orthopedic and i learned how to do surgeries to fix the problem the other guy was Absolutely. a is a pain guy he's in the business of selling you medication and injections okay then you go you know and, and you're going eh, you actually pause on that one i'm not sure i'm gonna do the surgery and cut on muscles i let me get another opinion you go to the chiropractor because you've been referred to a chiropractor by another buddy Hey, this guy solved my issue when I had to, and you go, the chiropractor, the chiropractor has a whole different approach. Hey, listen, we need to, you know, we need to get your, your back's completely out of line, you know, and you're, you're, you're feeling problems as a result to another problem. So when they need to solve that problem, we're going to get your back in line. We're going to da da da. And then I actually have a chiropractor that, that, that helped me with this. And, and then he also said, you know, your, your pec muscles really tight and, and you might, you need to stretch that. And if you don't stretch that, let me tell you what that, what that causes over here. You think is this, and it's actually a tight pec muscle. And he starts. So, so through the court correlation of, 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 of four or five different places, you start to, to, to understand what may be happening, but all of them give you the advice only in their world. Okay. So, well, let me give you one more in this one. Let me give you one more for you talk. You, had injections from a not a a a a a drug company type injection but this was another type of of philosophy where people where, where doctors are 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 treating issues with uh more more helping your body to naturally heal itself so let's hey you're on ibuprofen because you have these inflammations Stop taking the ibuprofen because that's telling your brain that you don't have a problem. Get off the ibuprofen and let let me give you an injection that tells your body you do have a problem and have your body go actually attack the problem like it's naturally born to do. There's a fourth version of this. But the but the reality is is every one of these only stay in their little pie piece shape in their in their advice. What say you? Right. It's interesting as you say all that because you know I've got experience with all of those. I think, <laughs> I think I think everybody has some version of this, and I have it in the medical field. You know, I'm reminded when uh, when I was kind of assisting my dad who had leukemia, and you know anybody that's had cancer, that sort of thing. Um, you know, you just you end up in the ER. You get to know you get to know the whole process. You get to unfortunately know every ER in the area. You know, they get full, they send you somewhere else. But I remember my dad and I would affectionately refer to him as the old man, which is hilarious. I'm becoming the old man to my kids, but he'd be in the ER and we'd be having an issue. You know, his heart rate would be hundred and eighty or something. You know, I mean it was just incredible. 
And and my dad, anybody that knew him, was such a unique guy. He was such sort of an alpha male, quite honestly. Um, he was capable of making these decisions around doctors and stuff, whereas most people, I think, are just going to do whatever the doctor says. So it was unique to watch him. I mean, he's terminally ill. He's in horrible pain. We're in the emergency room on... We were, we were in the emergency room on New Year's Eve. You know, I remember. So, you know, <laughs> and, and they're, they, they have no clue. They have no clue. I mean, it could be a, he, he's at the point in health where it could be 10 different things is causing all of this, you know, and he knows that. He, he's actually the expert in the room, come to find out. By the way, you know, he's his own expert on some level here. He, he had done the research. He had talked to all the doctors. He had seen the doctors that were wrong. Be careful. You may be heading towards uh, <laughs> the close. So, yeah, true. So I remember him anyway. Somebody said, you know, we need to call the cardiologist. Right? Makes sense, right? Heart rate's on it. He goes, he looked at me. He goes, oh, okay. He says, this is going to be a heart issue. And then he looked at whoever it was. And he says, you need to call the lung doctor because this will be a lung issue. With him, and he went. He went through the myriad of all the doctors that he sees all the time. He's like, I promise you, whatever their discipline is, that's the treatment I'm about to get. And it's a very powerful lesson. It's very, it's very much on par with with what we're discussing here. You know, the expert in the room is going to treat you in the area of their expertise. So, what I would say here, um, what in terms of prescription. For this, it sounds to me like what you're saying, and you can tell me if you're not, is the least invasive path the first path? Is that the advisor that I choose? The guy that tells me, hey, look, man, I can give you an injection in that joint, and I've, I've been in front of this guy. I can give you an injection in that joint. They're going to recommend surgery. I'll give you an injection, and in 60 days, you'll be fine. I mean, is there any reason not to yield to the least invasive advice? It's a good question. That's not where I was going, uh, but that's a certainly something to ponder. Uh, the least invasive. Now, that could be defined in multiple ways. Uh, if someone tells me in business that if you choose my marketing program, it's very not invasive to you because we do a, B, C, D, E, all the way through Z for you. All you got to do is just have your ACH draft bank account attached to ours, and we'll draft out the, the, the $1,000 a month that, uh, that we require, and then we'll draft back in the $20,000 a month that you require. I just got to pause you. Can you just say all that again? <laughs> you, you know I love that guy. That's my guy right so, there. I don't know that I'm suggesting the least invasive. Okay. But I do think you touched on what I am thinking is the, the real answer here. If you're a business owner or an entrepreneur who is going to be in business, and what I mean by that is, is you're not um, trying to be a one-hit wonder. You're not trying, oh, I got the great idea. Let me go try to make a million dollars and and, 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 and and it's not sustainable, right? You're building a sustainable business. And if you're building a sustainable business and you're making decisions around your, your business activity, your advisors in a sustainable fashion over the long haul, what I, what I believe to be the, the answer 
to to how how you're going to make decisions and how you choose your advisors is you first have to recognize that you and you said it with your dad you are your best advisor no one on this planet can stand in your shoes and 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 be looking at what's in your best interest better than you now when you are lacking information in areas you need to make decisions on and you need the advisors use them for specifically that they're giving you advice they're delivering you information you are actually the leader of your decision and you're pulling in information from trusted advisors so you become informed so you then you make the decision what you don't need to be looking for is someone else to outsource your decision and a lot of people are looking for the outsourced decision they're looking for the silver bullet they're looking for if it goes wrong i want to put it on them in fact but the, the the real answer here is, and as I think about, you know, a buddy of mine that went through a, a bad divorce, and I and for four years I got to listen through to all of the the, the inner workings of all of the dialogue and all of the, tr the 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 back and forth with his attorney, with the other attorney, with with everything going on. What what just became so clear is that his attorney who was paid a crap pile of money was never going to be even close to the attorney that he could be for himself when he armed himself with information. Now he still needed the attorney to carry out things. He still needed an attorney he could trust to, to bounce back things. But, but if he, if he was looking for the solution in that attorney, he didn't find it. And, 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 and had he rewinded and he said, if I could go back, I would have realized that in year one, it took me about three years in to realize that, that I actually wasn't going to pay for the person who's going to give me the best advice. I was only going to pay for the person to give me good advice that I then filtered with other research I has done here. And then after three or four or five areas of places I deemed to have trust, there began to be a linear line that, that crossed between all these pieces of advice that I then could go, okay, I, I now have confidence that, that this is actually true. And, and I, I think that this is what I'm trying Don't outsource. You can't outsource your decision. I love that. I mean, that's so true. Um, you know, again, because no one, I think this is important to hold up, no one can divorce themselves of all of their biases. No. They can't do it. No matter how much they love you, no matter how much they care about you, no matter how much they attempt to do it, they can't forget all of the decisions they made around that topic. They can't forget their results. But guess what? Their gifts and their attributes and their worldview are different than yours, even if it's two degrees different. And that two degrees can be enough to change this, the decision that should have been made. Right. So even if it's your buddy who you think is just like you, I mean, I had a friend the other day I was telling you about, he was trying to give me counsel coming from a good place, coming from a really good place. He was actually giving counsel to himself. Yeah. He, he was talking to himself, not me, but his, his intentions were good. I mean, he was answering questions the way he thought he should answer, but his avatar 
was himself, not me. And so that's going to be true to differing degrees. And I think what we're discussing, really, is who can you get in front of, who is as close to understanding that, having some self-awareness around that topic as, as possible. But I want to give one additional thing on this topic before we go, because I can't let it um, slide here. So we're only 47 yeah, minutes. Yeah, we got time. We we're 47 minutes in. We've got to this. So you and I are Christian guys, right? And so we're, we're talking about trying to find trusted advisors, right? So as, as Christian guys here, I think we would be remiss to not, uh, you know, I have this conversation with my son all the time, to not say that in our world, here's what we believe to be true. We believe that, you know, there's a creator that actually cares about our decisions. And I, I think we get caught up in, the idea that, you know, right now God is working on, you know, he's probably working on the president with with the budget, budgetary issues, you know, and he's probably working with Israel and Palestine, you know, on what's going on over there. That's probably where God's attention is. It's probably not in our world and in our decision making and in who's giving us counsel. You know, from the Christian perspective, we would even say that God refers to him himself as the great counselor right? So we, we'd be remiss. And, and so how does God work in some respects here around this idea of finding a trusted advisor? Because I don't think that, you know, I, I mean, I think that the typical thinking is, you know, we pray to God. I got this decision to make. It's huge. It's a huge directional decision in my life, you know, and, and I, 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 you know, God, give me the answer to the decision. You're God. You know the future. Tell me what to do. And so often we just don't get the answer. I mean, it's just silence, right, in our worldview. But it's not silence from our friend, right? So we're not praying, God, give me a trusted advisor. Give me a human. Put, put somebody in front of me that's an expert on this diagnosis that I just got, on this business decision that I'm making. So I would just encourage us here, as, again, as Christian guys in that camp, that on our knees praying for the trusted advisor is a, is a serious step and is a step that God actually cares about. And that if we'll kind of then begin to look for that, maybe through what we've discussed today, it doesn't mean we push aside everything and some, somebody volunteers to be the trusted advisor tomorrow and we want to anoint them as God's advisor. I don't think that's the case. But I think we'd be remiss in not taking this to the source, uh, to the great counselor himself. And, and maybe that prayer looks a lot more like, hey, put me in front of the trusted advisor. Help, help me discern. Give me some discernment here. Yeah. Uh, kind of like we've discussed. Yeah, I, I, I think that's great. Uh, that, that, that blends with one that I had, I had mentioned uh, is looking for advisors with the same fundamental values. Absolutely. They have a foundation of running their thought process processes on the same foundation that you run it. And uh, if trusting in God is where you are and where you draw um, power from and from inspiration and it's who you trust, then maybe you need to, to look for advisors that also trust in God uh, because that, you know, that, that gives you a foundational principles to, to, to build on the other levels of trust that you might look for in an advisor. And, 
So I think that's great stuff. Uh, I think it's it's key, and uh, you know it's 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 a truth. It's a truth, and uh, and God God gives you the ability to discern. And and one of the things that that I was thinking of as you were talking was, you get what we call gut reactions to conversations to people to to circumstances and 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 oftentimes we look back and go well my gut reaction was this and it was true Mm. could it be possible that god one of god's tools mechanisms in you for you to help to discern is that just that gut feeling you're having that this doesn't feel right this this is not lining up with right. where I'm at. That's and, right. and, and maybe that, that needs to create at least a pause. Absolutely. And, and I would say this, I'd, I'd go further to say this, you know, um, in Christian circles, the, the ministry, I guess is the right way to say it, of the Holy Spirit is defined as a presence. You know, when somebody walks in a room, you ever, you ever been in a situation, a guy walks in a room, girl walks in a room, and there is either... You know, I mean, I guess we could think of both. Um, to me, the ones that are memorable are, are some of the dark presences that I've been in front of where I'm listening to somebody talk. They're saying good stuff. I think if you wrote it on paper, maybe it makes sense. But what I'm getting from them is a dark presence. Like there's something off. It's not the content of what they're saying. It's a presence. So... I would say that, you know, some people are better at this than others in terms of kind of feeling that and kind of going, oh, something off about that guy. I can't figure out what it is. Something not right here. If you're not one of those people that feel that, like, like for example, my wife is not somebody who picks up on this. Mm. You know, we'll, we'll, we'll encounter somebody new or whatever in our lives. We'll hear from it, one of the kids' friends or something, and they'll leave the door. And I'm sort of highly attuned to this. And I'll say, don't know what it is. Man, I don't trust that guy. We got to watch. And she'll go, oh, what are you talking about there? You know, she just doesn't get it. So if you're one of those people that never get a sense of, hey, this is a this is good or bad, then I would say one of your advisors needs to be somebody that does get that, that has a track record of having that kind of intuitiveness. Yeah, and, and, and I'll, I'll even say it uh, more directly because I think it's a good piece of advice. Uh, if you are naturally optimistic in everything then you need to have some advisors on your board directors that are naturally pessimistic Pessimistic. absolutely you don't surround yourself with uh yes like-minded in they have a foundation that they 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 believe in value wise but 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 personality wise a bunch of optimistic people are going to believe they can jump off the cliff and there's actual wings that will that will catch them so there needs to be some pessimism in there, if you're if you're optimistic, overly optimistic, there needs to be some optimism if you're overly pessimistic. Pessimistic, right? You know, there's an old saying in all business circles. I, I even said it to a, a a president of a college that I worked for not long ago, which was, "Don't let attorneys and accountants run your business, yeah. right?" But let me tell you something that's also true: don't let a bunch of sales guys run your business. No. <laughs> Either right, there's so, a balance. So, so don't there. don't. So what you're saying is don't run a business without both of them. You need because both you of need them. both. You need both. Come to you find need out. both. One one is dangerous. Right. 
Well, we're getting toward, towards the close here, so let me let me give some final uh, closing thoughts based on some uh, some things we've said to kind of recap here as we're talking about how to make decisions around picking the right advisors. Uh, first of all, don't be afraid to choose one. Okay, don't let this show prevent you from actually choosing one because because no decision is still worse than wrong decisions. You can you can redirect a wrong decision but a no decision keeps you uh trapped so uh so here they are uh tap into your board of directors uh don't sell uh don't don't work with people who are willing to sell their integrity um don't look to confirm what you already to believe to be true, look for the actual truth. Let, let that be a foundational principle on which you go about when you are looking for advisors. So that means looking in the mirror, having a conversation with yourself, as you said. You also said time is your friend. So you get advice, sit on it. Don't always act on it immediately. Time is your friend. Uh, be cautious of advice givers, the ones that give you 100% certainty of their advice may be trying to sell you something so be cautious of that and uh and, and and maybe the ones who are more willing to question what is true and what's not is, 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 is some folks to, to look for uh, you said avoid the one trick pony well that's the one that they only got you one thing to sell and 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 that should be obvious but boy they they still make millions of dollars selling the one trick pony so so you have been a culprit of the one trick pony over and over again be careful by continuing to do that especially on 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 uh, very important decisions you have to make my greatest advice here is 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 don't outsource your most important decisions because you are the best decision maker for your situation Put yourself in the shoes of the person becoming the knowledgeable advisor by tapping into the external advisors. But don't outsource that decision to, to, to someone uh, other than you. And, and, and use you know, trust in God as your foundation uh, to, to making these decisions. There will be, when you are, or maybe that's part of uh, sleeping on it, when you're silent, and you allow God to to move because you're not just you know hushing him down with all of your activity then then a lot of times truth is revealed and I think truth truth being revealed through silence is, is probably a great example of God being being there in your in your decisions got anything to add no I think that's all good stuff I love it Thank you for uh, being a part of the Big Truths of Small Business. As you know, we are uh, available on all podcast network. It is super important that we get your five-star reviews. And go ahead and put a, put a little comment in there. Give us some feedback. We love those things. Love it, the comments. It excites us. Uh, but we are the Big Truths, and we appreciate you being with us today. Yep. We got the truths. We got the truths. We got the big truths of small business. We got the truths. We got the truths. We got the big truths. We got the big truths of small business. Yeah.